Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we're here with the word from the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and as always, I thank and give God praise for being here with all of you on this episode number 261 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, I had a task to do with teaching, and I'd like to share what the Lord gave me with you. So please go ahead and take this time to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blaine Encourages You is coming to you with persevering through difficult times. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendencouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. Hey there, BCU fam. Blend from BlendCouragesU.com here with another podcast on the go. So recently, I was tasked to teach a particular lesson. And with that in my prep, I thought that I would share with you all what the Lord has given me. So we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter 32 verses 22 through 32 and the name of the lesson is persevere in times of difficulty now if you've been with me for any length of time anytime i am teaching something out of god's word the lord has just given me this love of background and making sure that we understand things fully so Rather than jump right into the lesson, let's do a little background. Let's chat a little, and then we'll go from there. So with perseverance in times of difficulty, I thought it was important to define what the word persevere means. Persevere, by definition, means to continue in a course of action, even when there is no prospect or very little prospect of success. It can also mean to adhere to a belief or purpose, to be steadfast, continued, to have patient effort, or to stick to a plan. And all of that is out of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Now, 
when we're talking about Genesis 32, 22 through 32, we are talking about Jacob. And before we get into this part of the lesson, we have to understand uh, what's happened up until this point. So for those who are unaware, or if you just need a reminder, Jacob was the son of Isaac and Rebekah, and the grandson of Abraham, whom God promised to make a father of many nations. Now, Jacob had a twin brother named Esau. Now, Esau was the firstborn, but Jacob had grabbed him by the heel during their birth. Now, the name Jacob has a few different meanings associated with it. What I have researched, it, it has said that Jacob means the supplanter or to grab another's heel. Okay, see how the, the scriptures bear that out? Literally, it means to take what belongs to someone else, someone who circumvents, someone who seizes or usurps or tricks. So God even told Rebecca that her older son would serve the younger. So the Lord already had this set up. Now, at one point in their time together, Jacob and Esau, Jacob, and I'm going to use this word very lightly, tricked his brother out of his birthright with a meal. <laughs> now, here's the thing about tricking people, BCU fam, is that while people can set up something for us to take the bait on, it's up to us to take the bait. Very often we get upset with the person who tricked us. My mindset here is, is that why do we allow the trick to happen? <laughs> so that's something to think about. That's something to think about because many times, and, and I'm just, I'm going to get back on course but many times we talk about what someone has done to us and how they've done things to us. And there is no excuse or reason or just a, a valid justification or co-signing onto someone who's done something to you the wrong way. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. In many cases, and I can speak from personal experience, it's not so much that I got tricked. It's that I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. Uh, when I think about it, uh, I there were signs and flags, and I did not pay attention. So we have to be very mindful of that. So when I when I look at the fact of between Jacob and Esau, and going back to that story in Genesis, Esau was just so hungry, and the stew was ready, and he was so ready to eat that Jacob said, "Yeah, I'll get you this bowl of stew if you give me your birthright," which was a double portion of the inheritance. Uh, that he would receive. And Esau felt like he was just so feignified. <laughs> it's a word I got from a friend of mine years ago. I'm not even sure if it's a real word, but it tickles me. He was so feignified that he said, listen, I'm at the point of, of hunger. This birthright is not going to do me any good whatsoever. You can have it. And then uh, he traded it for stew. So it wasn't so much that Jacob tricked him. Jacob didn't have, did not have any business asking him to do that. Uh, however, Esau did not think it all the way through. So the onus is on the both of them and more so more so Esau in that case. All right. And then later on, Rebecca, which is the mother of the twins, conspired with Jacob to trick Isaac 
and steal Esau's blessing. Now, in that portion of the story, Isaac had a, a an idea. His eyes were dim, though, so he couldn't really see. And he thought something was wrong. But because the ruse was, was convincing, he went ahead and gave his blessing to Jacob versus Esau prior to his death. So... That's why I say in most cases. Now here, you know, you have an older man who was uh, sick and on his deathbed and couldn't see. So he knew something was happening but could not prove it. So in this case, you know, the trick did happen and uh, it wasn't good. And because of this second situation, Esau was enraged and he vowed to kill his younger brother. So uh, Rebecca sent Jacob away to his mother's homeland where he had had a vision of angels and a ladder to heaven. So let's take a look at that and then we'll go further into our lesson. We'll get to our lesson. I, I, I promise you we're going to get there. So if you would go with me to Genesis chapter 28 and we're going to start at verse number 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth and on top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. That must have been some sort of vision. Mm. Verse number 13 says, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And this is significant, BCU fam, to where we're going. Verse number 14 says, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places, whither thou goest, and will bring thee again, to this land, oh, for I will not leave thee until I have done which I have spoken to thee of. Now that, that sounds like God to me. Verse number 16 of Genesis chapter 28 says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? There is none other but the house of God. 
And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Now, some pronounce it Luz, L-U-Z. I pronounce it Luz. I happen to know someone who's named Luz. And that uh, name in Spanish, at least, means light. Verse number 20 says, And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone, which I have set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I shall surely give the tenth unto thee. So as Jacob is fleeing, the Lord has spoken to him and given him this word that he will come back. And when God says something, he always keeps his word. So this is going to get us to where we're going in terms of our lesson for today. So as he goes, as Jacob is fleeing to his mom's homeland, he reaches Haran. uh, And listen, his uncle Laban was his match when it came to tricking and deceiving. So uh, Jacob had to reap some of what he had sown. So although Jacob is in love with Laban's uh, or Laban's younger daughter, Rachel, he got tricked into marrying the older sister, Leah. Now, I'm not sure how that all happened, BCU fam. The, the scriptures are silent as to how he got tricked yeah, specifically. Uh, I would imagine that her face was covered and and whatnot. I I don't know the customs at that particular time. So that's why I say that most of the time uh, when people are tricked, it's on them. Uh, There are some times, though, where you just get fooled 100%. So some sort of way he got fooled and uh, he just had to deal with that. So he was tricked into marrying the older sister, Leah. And then Jacob and his persistence. Ah, see that? He was able to marry the object of his affection, Rachel. So Jacob worked for Laban for many, many years. And because of God's protection and for because that God gave Jacob some extra wonderful intelligence, Jacob was able to really take much of Laban's herd for himself. So he did some things to try to rectify what happened uh, with him. Now, We're to the point now, as we're getting up to Genesis chapter 32, that God directs Jacob to return to the land of his father. Now, the only problem is, is that Jacob now has to face Esau, whom he had cheated uh, twice, right, Uh, out of the birthright and of the blessing uh, two decades prior. So the question is, is how is Esau going to receive Jacob at this particular time. Now, this takes us to Genesis chapter 32 because we've got a showdown that's going to happen. 
He's got to go back. The Lord has directed him. And here is the showdown. So here we go for our lesson. So now we're going to go to, to Genesis chapter 32. And let's start at verse number one. And Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Now, Mahanaim means two camps or two hosts. Uh, this is God's camp. So what Jacob observed here was that he was in a double camp. He wasn't alone that God had a camp of angels to help and to serve him. Now that is saying something, BCU fam. He was able to see these angels. Ooh, I tell you, this God is of ours is so awesome. All right, and it's the same God. Same God from back then is the same God now. All right, verse number three says, And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau, thy servant Jacob, saith thus, I have sojourned with Laban and have stayed there until now. Now, in this verse, what Jacob is doing is that he needs to send a message ahead to his brother. And what you see here is that when he says, you know, thy servant Jacob says thus, he is coming to Esau in a spirit of humility. Jacob was wrong and he knew he was and he had to come back and he was trying to appease Esau because, you know, to be angry enough to want to kill someone uh, and wanting to go back, you know, and try to reconcile, it, it can be tricky, right? It definitely can. So he wanted to come with humility. Verse five goes on to say, and I have oxen, let him know that I have oxen and flocks and men servants and women servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord, which is Esau, that I may find grace in thy sight. So he was apologizing and he wanted Esau to know that he was a man of wealth. He didn't come to take anything from him. Uh, he was there to serve and Jacob was just trying to get ahead of what Esau might be thinking and any concern. So he's looking for forgiveness. And you can see in this verse, number five, that I may find grace in thy sight. So he sent the messengers ahead. And then the messengers came back in verse number six and say this. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to thy brother Esau. And he also comes to meet thee. And four hundred men with him. Now, BCU fam, the question here is, is how would you feel if you were going to meet the person whom you cheated and tricked out of <laughs> a birthright and a blessing after all of these years? I, I would be feeling pretty worried, I, I would think. And Jacob was too. Verse number seven says, then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Distress means extreme anxiety, sorrow, or pain. Now, the fear came, and I could see that. What we have to keep in mind, though, is that, you know, in the previous verses, 
that first and second verse, the Lord had already sent angels to be with Jacob, and he quickly forgot about that. And what we have to remember as we're persevering in times of difficulty is that if God has directed you to do something, he's going to keep and to cover you. Lord, I thank you in here today and that he's He's going to protect us. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have times of fear and pockets of fear or distress or worry. Uh, it's not to say that that won't come up. Uh, what we have to do is come back to ourselves. And this is where we call out to God to help us through what's happening. So as Jacob was feeling his feelings, he decided to take some action on his own. So he leaned to his own understanding here. And verse number seven says, and he divided the people that were with him, the flocks, the herds, and the camels into two bands or into two separate areas. So with this division, uh, what it was is that he, because the 400 men were with Esau, What Jacob was probably remembering is that when his brother said that he was going to kill him, his mom sent him again to her homeland. And Jacob, I'm sorry, Rebecca told Jacob, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets that you've done this to him, then I will send and bring you from there. That's in Genesis 27 and 45. Rebecca never sent for Jacob. So he had every reason to believe that Esau was still angry with him all of those years later. So we have to think about that, that Jacob does not have that confirmation. Although he didn't need the confirmation from mom, the Lord had already done it. And see, very often we will look for confirmation from people and our circumstances. But if God has, has said something to us, BCU fam, if he gives us the assurance, then we need to rest in that. And it, it's not always easy to do. There's a struggle sometimes where that's concerned. Nonetheless, with God's help, we have to continue to believe who he says he is and what he has told us to do. And then we can rest assured. So because uh, Jacob is, is in his, his feelings and understandably so, uh, he did divide the people that were with him into two companies. And in splitting uh, the flocks and the herds into two, Jacob used uh, human <laughs> logic to prepare for Esau's coming. Verse number eight says, if Esau shall come to one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. So he was thinking ahead as to what could happen Uh, forgetting that the Lord had already sent the angels. And sometimes we forget what God says and we go ahead and do things our way, BCU fam. We cannot blame Jacob. What we can do is learn from it. Now, um, he forgot that God had two camps and that God sent all these angels and he went on and did things his way. What also he did, let's get Jacob some credit here, is that after he did this dividing, he started to pray. Verse number nine of Genesis chapter 32 says, and Jacob said, oh God of my father, Abraham and the God of my father, Isaac, the Lord, which said to me, return to thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. So this is where Jacob is referencing what happened back in Genesis chapter 28. Uh, verse number 10 that we read just a few minutes ago. So uh, the Lord had promised him 
that he was going to come back and be in this land and be dealt with the well. So Jacob was just reminding, so to speak, the Lord of what it was he said. He was reminding the Lord of his word. Okay. Now, verse number 10. I'm sorry. Uh, verse number. Yeah. Verse number 10 of Genesis chapter 32 says, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff, I have passed over this Jordan and I have become two bands. So he's telling the Lord he's not worthy of anything. And he knows it because of who he was and what he's done. It did not stop the Lord from using him. Oh, Lord, I thank you with all of his faults, with all that he has done with the tricking and things like that. The Lord knew that and saw that. Now, we're not saying BCU fam that we should walk in trickery in things that God does not uh, ordain. It did not stop the Lord from using him. And that is a message for all of us because we're not worthy of the least of all the mercies that God gives us. Hallelujah. We're not worthy of that. We're not. And even those of us who know the Lord and the pardoning of our sins, we don't always get things right all the time. But that doesn't stop the Lord from using us because the Lord knows our hearts. And that's not a license to practice sin or to continue sinning or to say, oh, the Lord knows me so I can do whatever. That's not that. But because we are upright in heart with wanting to serve God, he knows us. So he's able to use us. We just have to stay in a place where we are humble and where we repent for what we've done. Uh, that hasn't pleased God and that with his grace that we stay away from it. And when we struggle, we just want to acknowledge the Lord and that ask him to help us through the struggle. And here's where we see uh, Jacob doing just that. Verse number 11, Genesis chapter 32 says, deliver me. I pray thee from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. Verse number 12 says, and thou saidest, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered in, for multitude. So uh, Jacob is saying here, this is what you said. So I need you to make sure, Lord, that you deliver me. This is what you said. And because the Lord keeps his word, uh, there was nothing to worry about. So that fear led to a prayer. And again, just rehearsing the word of God in his mind. So verse number 13 says, and he lodged there that same night and took of that which came to his hand for a present for his brother Esau, 200 she goats and 20 he goats and 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk or milch camels with their colts, 40 kine or cows and 10 bulls and 20 she-asses, and 10 foals. And he delivered them into the hand of his servants and drove every drove by themselves and said to his servants, pass over before me and put a space betwixt drove and drove, meaning let's space out these two camps. And he entrusted them to his servants in separate herds and told them, go on ahead of me and keep some distance between the herds. So that's verse number 16, just 
uh, in the Berean study Bible version. Okay. And then verse number 17 says, and he commanded the foremost saying, when my brother Esau meeteth thee and asketh thee, whose art thou and whither goest thou? And whose are these before thee? Then thou shalt say, they be thy servant Jacob's. It is a present sent unto my Lord Esau. And behold, also he is behind us. Verse number 19 says, so and so commanded he the second and the third and all that followed the droves saying on this manner shall ye speak unto Esau when ye find him. Verse number 20 says, and say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. And afterward, I will see his face peradventure, or maybe he will accept of me. Verse number 21 says, and so went the present before over before him. And he lodged himself that night in the company. So I'm going to stop here, BCU fam, in verse number 21, or on verse number 21. And when we come back next time, the Lord says the same, we're going to finish up uh, Genesis chapter 32. Because Jacob has to get to himself. Uh, He has a wrestling match and things change. And we don't want to miss the significance of the next coming event. So we're going to stop here. So I am hopeful that you enjoy what the Lord has said, that it has encouraged and blessed you. It encouraged me as I was talking with you all. And I'm hopeful that it did the same for you. And if so, I would love to hear about it. So please, if you're not already on the blendcouragesyou.com site, make your way there down to the comment section and let's continue our conversation so once again everyone this is blend from blendcouragesyou.com i'm going to sign off i want to thank you all so much for listening and for your prayerful support and lord will until the next time we are together may our amazing god bless you keep you make his face to shine upon you and give you all peace as you stay on